0: O-U-T-D-O-O-R and the number one. Lastly, many outdoorsmen are trying to quit tobacco altogether and Fully Loaded Chew may be that first step. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com.
1: The Houndsman XP podcast is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Joy Dog Food has a rich tradition of supporting the Houndsmen of America. Founded in 1945, Joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the American Houndsmen. And in 76 years, there's never been a recall. Made with 100% American-made high-quality ingredients, Joy Dog Food has one of the highest calorie-dense formulas on the market. This is the Houndsman XP Podcast.
0: Good dog, get that bear. Get that bear in
1: here. The original podcast for the complete houndsman. the podcast that represents our lifestyle of extreme performance. Get up
0: there! Yeah! 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 Good boy!
1: Good boy, Ranger! Uniting houndsmen across the globe, from east to west, north to south. You know, if you're going to catch a cat or a lion, you know, you have to have teamwork. We take you to the wildest places on earth. On this week's episode of the Houndsman XP Podcast, we bring you part two of Don't Shoot My Dog. If you just found us here on the Houndsman XP Podcast Network, you will want to go back and listen to part one with Brad Hall. Brad told his story as the victim of a tragic event. He tells a story about having two hounds shot, the investigation that followed, and how he was ultimately victorious in his battle for justice for these hounds. You'll want to pick up part one of this, but this is part two, and I bring in a subject matter expert on investigations. He's also a houndsman that I've known for several years. He's an Indiana State trooper. He's been a detective for the last nine years or so. He can bring a lot of information, and what we lay out for you in this podcast is the importance of having a plan, we're going to go through step by step. You'll want to have a note, paper, and a pencil ready or take some notes somehow to start developing your plan now in the that you are a victim of this crime. We talk about physiological things that will happen to you at the time of this tragedy. We talk about some things that you can do and the way that you can be of the most assistance to the investigator that responds, to the police officer that responds to the scene of this tragedy. This is gonna be a step-by-step. We're gonna help you do some strategic planning here, but we're gonna walk you through it from the time that you hear the gunshot to the time that this investigation is complete. We are covering every facet of this type of a criminal case. You won't want to miss it you'll want to share it with your friends guys this box is shaking let's get the doors open on this old south dog box and dump the box southern hound hunting magazine is the most comprehensive magazine that represents your lifestyle as a houndsman if you can Hunt it with a hound. It is being covered in the pages of Southern Hound Hunting Magazine. You also get an in-depth look at the men and women who are engaged in this lifestyle, living it every day to the fullest. From the Rocky Mountains to the Southern Swamps and across the ocean with articles about our international houndsmen and what they're chasing across the pond. Go to southernhoundhunting.com get your subscription for $15 a year Southern Hound Honey Magazine promoting the Fair Chase experience So you found the you found that old email? I did. I did. Uh, the Don't Shoot My Dog Hunter Action List. What it, read it. So this is what, from... When did we when did when did we come up with this?
0: This is from, I believe, back in like two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Wow! So read that. Read that 11, thing. That's some weird funny. Ago, um, first and foremost, stay calm. Oh yeah. Um, have permission where you're hunting. That's always a always a good bet. And keep a con- emergency contact numbers listed here. So we had uh, the local sheriff's department, state police, post, and your local ICO. Mm-hmm. Um, keep a camera that is dedicated to this incident in your vehicle. The small disposable cameras are ideal. Wow. I think we all carry those around in our pocket now. Uh, keep a notepad in your vehicle and something to write with. Take note of the time, location, shooter's name, address, demeanor, or very good description of the appearance, clothing, and type of firearm. That's still applicable.
1: What if the firearms pointed at you? you think most people would be able to tell you what?
0: Uh, I'd probably have a little harder time yeah. than at that point. How many
1: How many things are on that action list?
0: Um... About ten,
1: twelve. Let's let's save some of them. Okay. All right, so we're I am privileged enough to sit down with my old friend Brent Miller. And how long have you been a trooper? Uh, going on fifteen years now. No way. Yeah. I remember the first time I met you. We were at Cross Plains. We we're at Bear Creek, and you were actually in recruit training at that time. Your head was all peeled. You know, skinned, skinned down. Yep. And uh, I was like, dang, kid, <laughs> how old is he? Is he like 15 years old? Who's this, this skinny little kid? Yeah, is state police taking 15-year-olds now or, or what's going on there? Right. Just because, it, yeah, they, they kind of strip you of all your dignity and, and everything. Well, but, yeah. A little bit. Uh, when I
0: first came on, a guy walked up to me. A guy had been there for 30 years at that point. So they keep make, making them shorter and younger
1: and i was both yeah did you ever have the guy the guy that you pulled over when you're a new trooper that that looked out his window and said does your dad know you've got his car in his uniform today
0: yeah the The first guy I actually stopped yeah. had been a trooper um didn't know it at the time um he'd been retired for years and uh and stopped him and, and he asked where my training officer was at uh, he, he knew as soon as i stopped
1: him that, that this is a new guy and he knew this is a guy i can screw with yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah, you always heard the story about, and you never know which stories are true. But <clears throat> the trooper, the young trooper on I four sixty five, that pulls over the old retired state police detective, and you know he he drags him back to the post and drags him into the post by the ear, you know? <laughs> right? Like, hey, somebody needs to teach this kid a few things, <laughs> right? You know. But yeah, but anyway, Brent, you you we coon hunted together for years, and sure. You handled Big Country one year in a world hunt. I did. I did. Yep. And uh, I was handling jazz. We both got beat. We did. Yep. And then uh, uh, you were on the Hoosier Tree Dog Alliance Board of Directors and an officer for a number of years. Probably five, six,
0: seven years, somewhere in there.
1: Yeah. Yep. And uh, But, hey, the reason I wanted to have you on is we're doing this three-part series, and this is the second part of it. But uh, the goal for this episode, is to talk to people that might find themselves in this bad situation. Sure. And uh, your role now is, with the state police, is you're a detective. Correct. Yeah. So, you know a couple things about investigations. I've done a few. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk about, I want to talk about what people should expect from an investigation, how they can be prepared for it, understand the process you know i think we were talking before we hit the record button uh people are so used to crimes being solved and prosecuted and catching the bad guys and everything within an hour of a tv show you know the csi effect yeah csi and and when this happens they're going to send out this whole dedicated unit and they're going to have all kinds of cool gadgets and stuff to do all this work and it's a lot cooler than it used to be, but uh, sure.
0: that's not realistic. It's it's not. <clears throat> it's a, it's a a little messier than that, I would say.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's not as clean, it's not scripted. It's chaotic. It is. There's a lot of stuff going on. But uh let's talk about from the, you know, your perspective as a state, as a detective because you were a road trooper for how many years before you were a detective? Uh, I was a road trooper until
0: about 2013 so so for about six years about half my half my career so yeah
1: yeah so i think there's a good place to start is um you know the reason we're doing these podcasts is so people start to think and mentally prepare even hopefully it never happens to anybody absolutely i've been my history is um been involved in a few of the cases where dogs were shot. Mm-hmm. I was with a guy that was squirrel hunting and had a dog shot. I was in a competition w- hunt one night while I was an officer and thought my dog did get shot. He was treated right behind a house and a gunshot rang out and total silence. Um, I know several people who have this has happened to, <clears throat> but for me. It, I felt like I always had an advantage, um, because I knew what to expect if if it happened. I mean, as much as I could, and I'm talking about from the time, and we'll talk about this part from the time a person has her dog shot, and they do happen to call nine one one, and the working parts behind that, how long it takes police, you know, the police to get there, what to expect when the police gets there, all that stuff. But, but as much training as we've done in our law enforcement careers how important is it to be mentally prepared you have something?
0: you have to be um if if not the wheels fall off and and it's going to be a stressful situation and until it happens to you you can't know how you're going to react but being able to react to that stressful situation and stay calm is is
1: probably one of the most important parts mhm yeah and and i think um when people don't think about and they don't prepare mentally, and our goal with the podcast is to, like, l- the last podcast we had Brad Hall, who mm-hmm. went through the whole thing. Sure. And he shared their story. So now we've given people that baseline to start thinking about how they would react to something. And now that they've they've got that, now we're moving into, all right, you did stay calm because you heard Brad's story, and you heard how he was successful with his prosecution, and you heard all that. Now let's talk about what happens when somebody dials 911. Who's going to respond to that? Whoever's available, likely Mm -hmm. at that point.
0: Uh, Maybe a sheriff's deputy, maybe a trooper, maybe a conservation officer. Probably whoever the closest
1: unit is is going to be the police officer that responds. Yeah, and not unlikely that it could be, you know, with the way cities are annexed, and especially in this rural area that we still live in. I mean Ripley County. I'd go to a call in Ripley County, a nine one one call, and you may have the first sales town marshal respond to that because he was the one that was closest, and he may be in the county.
0: Sure. When you're when you're talking about an emergency with firearms involved, um, it's it's likely going to be whoever's closest at that point, and a deputy may be on plumb on the other side of the county. And if you've got a city or town marshal closer, they're probably going to be the one that comes to that
1: call. hmm And a lot of times, I think. Um, you know, we think that when you call 911, that the police officer gets beamed down from this magic spaceship and they ought to be there within 30 to 40 seconds. Or, you know, three minutes seems like an eternity. Fifteen minutes becomes unreasonable and half half an hour is unacceptable, you know, at times. But, you know, we, we're talking to people that are in Idaho and places where it takes you half an hour to, you know, get down your driveway sometimes, but sure. normally not in the eastern part. But so when the police officer shows up on the scene, what is something that the victim should be conscious of, that they should be thinking about? How is that officer going to react as soon as he shows up? When that, when that police car comes into a 911 call with firearms involved, shots fired, not sure what's going on, and they show up. What is going to be the demeanor of that police officer when he steps out of his car? Nine times out of ten. So when that officer arrives, and he, like you said, he,
0: in this situation, he's responding to a call of shots fired. He's responding to there have been shots fired, and somebody's got a firearm. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if it's season, or even if it's not, if, if, if uh, whoever's got the dog is, may also be carrying, um, this guy doesn't know what he's getting into. Um, so he is going to first take control of that situation. Um, nine times out of 10, he he is going to find out who people are, but he's also going to make himself safe. And that's by, um, you know, if somebody has a firearm, he may ask to take it from him. He may put it up, um, Simply, th- those folks may be placed in handcuffs or something like that mm-hmm. um, just, to, just to make the situation safe because this officer's showing up to something that he doesn't know what he's dealing with. We, we've got shots fired. He's probably got limited information. He's going to make that situation safe first and foremost.
1: Yeah, you've got – how many times have you gone to a 911 call and you get there and it's nothing? I mean, the people that called were actually the ones that needed to go to jail. Uh that happens more often than one would think. Yeah, and they they're the ones that are calling 911 and bang all of a sudden you figure figure out that you called 911 but you're the one that needs to go to jail here. <laughs> so right, that um, that happens. But I think a lot of time I I, I know this. Um you know, when I when, when I would show up to scenes 911 calls, you know, the first priority is not to be your friend. I'm not there to make friends with you. Sure. Okay? When I first get out of that car, and and I think I I can safely say, that as law enforcement professionals, we look at the guys that are there just to be people's friends, that they're a safety hazard for everybody involved. Um, very well could be. Yeah. Very well could be. I mean, there's certain police officers that that can can show up and take control of the scene and and just seem make you feel real comfortable and everything but we're talking about the guys that respond to this a lot of times are the the guys that are newer on the job because they're working a night shift sure um they're not detectives they're not supervisors so they're new um and the last 911 call that they went to with firearms was a domestic dispute and they had to roll in their hot and so they show up, and at that time, they don't know who the good guys are, who the bad guys are, who's lying, who's telling the truth, who's, you know, who is the real victim here. It's just chaotic. So Chaos
0: is, is a very good word to describe, uh, showing up at a, a scene like this.
1: Yeah, because you've got emotions involved. You've got, you've got a, a hunter who's had his hound shot. Mm-hmm. So, rightfully so, he's going to be emotional I'm not talking about he could be, and those emotions could be anything from, from, you know, emotionally distressed as far as, you know, crying and wailing and stuff like that to, I mean, on the verge of violence. Right. And so, and then you've got the landowner that is scared. They don't know what was going on. They probably feel like that. Uh, they know what they just did was probably wrong and they did, couldn't sh- shovel the whole f- and sh- cover, cover the dog up fast enough, you know, that type right. of thing. But then again, you could just have a landowner that is completely unfamiliar with hunting, hunting dog stuff like that, and they don't understand what's going on. And now they've got an irate hunter, and so they're scared. And I mean, it's just, it can be total chaos. Uh,
0: absolutely. And I, I think what um, someone who's involved in this needs to realize too is not only they're a victim, but they're a witness as well. And they need to be the the best witness they can be because that's going to be so important to the stuff we're going to talk about here later on is, is being
1: a witness for the prosecution of this case. That's exactly right. Good point because, you know, you can't get so wrapped up in being the victim that you forget that you're the witness. And, man, there's – I mean, how much training have you gone through about how different witnesses see different things and perceive different things and – we always talk about separating witnesses so they don't feed off of each other. And, man, that's that can be – I really want to talk about that, how to be a good witness. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Well,
0: you know, perspective is you and I could be driving down the road and see a deer run across the road, and you're like, man, that was a giant buck. And I'm well It's a decent little six pointer, right? you know, and and it's all how you perceive it. Neither one of us is lying. We're telling what we saw, right? but the way our brain computed that is just different. Yeah. And, and it's, it's the same way in these traumatic events Mm -hmm. that the people just, um, you know, there's a whole thing about eyewitnesses and, and what they see and, and it's not that they're lying. It's just, they perceived it differently than the other people in the room.
1: Briar Creek Kennels is your complete hound hunting outfitter. Boots, lights, collars, and tracking equipment. Dog boxes, kennel supplies, collars, clothes, squalors. Whew, they have it all. Briar Creek Kennel is a Garmin and dog trade dealer. Owner Chris Girth will ensure Briar Creek Kennel customers will get top of the industry customer service. Whether you purchase from their website or you find them at a major coonhound event, Chris and his staff will share expert knowledge and experience about every product they offer. Chris Gerth is a top competitor and breeder of hounds. He knows what gear you need to be successful. Look for Briar Creek Kennels on the web for a complete online store or look at their fully stocked trailer at any major coonhound event. Briar Creek Kennels, offering a hound hunting public, generations of excellence. Check out Dogs Are Treed at DogsAreTreed.com. Leashes, tie-outs, medical kits, paws are protected, and Dogs Are Hydrated, cutting-edge, high-quality gear for you, the Houndsman. Gear designed for Houndsman by Houndsman with the highest level of craftsmanship available. Dogs Are Treat is also the exclusive dealer for Houndsman XP Podcast logo wear. We're working on our line over there, but we just dropped some new hats at Treed, and you can see them on our page at dogsartreed.com. And don't forget, at checkout, enter the code HXP, 20% off, all capital letters, and you will get 20% off of your entire order. Find them today at Treed dogsr-tried at dogsartreed.com Okay, so, so when the police officer first shows up, He's going to be wanting to take control of the scene. He's going to be wanting to know who's who and what's what. Don't be surprised if you mentioned it, if you're carrying a firearm, one of the main things that a police officer has to do is make sure that the scene is safe first. For for himself and everyone else involved. Yeah, because you've got that chaos. You've got the emotion going on. So don't be offended if he says, hey, are you carrying a firearm? I'm going to put this in my car. I'm going to put this in my trunk for right now. And we'll get it back to you when their time's right to do that. Right. So don't be offended, right?
0: Sure. And and I think a lot of times folks will become offended too on scenes like this or any scene. Somebody calls 911 and they think, you're going to talk to me first. I'm the one who called. You're talking to me first. Well, they're going to talk to whoever they feel like is is best to speak with first at that point. Just because they're speaking with somebody first, that doesn't mean they're taking their side or or they believe them more. They're just doing their investigation the best way they know how to. And, and and it could be for a myriad of reasons, but they're, you know, I, th- I think sometimes people, when they call 911, they think you're going to come talk to me first. And that's not always the way it works. They're going to do it for for the, the safest way and the best way they know how to. I
1: can tell you, I've responded to 911 calls before, and you run into your suspect first, you know, walking down the road. Here's a guy walking down the road, and you stop, and it's like you talk to him. And now you got them, you know, back back in your vehicle and you're taking them back to the scene and and you get there and you realize that the other person was the one that called 911, you right. know. And it's like, whoa, wait a second. You know, I, I've, I'm i getting different stories. This guy told a different story. Who's really the one that called 911 here? Right. You know, I've and seen
0: it, that. Sure. And I, I think it's hard, too, to understand <laughs> sometimes. You know, I know we said it before, but these guys are coming in with limited information. Uh, they're not getting a dissertation about everything and, and and part part of the problem is is that when folks call nine one one they are upset um or or whatever, feeling they're feeling they're they're not conveying the information the best way that they can right and and that's not a fault to anybody if you're involved in a situation where you have to call nine one one a lot of times you are a little wound up yeah um but the information that that police officer has is even it's like a game of telephone you know when you when you're in third oh, grade yeah. and uh, you say peanut butter sandwich and by the end they're talking about a grilled cheese and it right. just gets mixed up lost in translation so they've got to sort things out once they get on the scene
1: yeah yeah and it's it's one of those deals that when the 911 call does come in it's if listening back on 911 tapes over the years of listening to calls that come in Nine one one operators are amazing that they can keep the calm, you know, with right. with these people. So, right, because a lot of times uh, you get, it get can get taken out on them these stressful situations. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the scene is secure, um, and now just give a general overview of of what's gonna transpire. From the officer showed up, he's got things sorted out. He knew, knows who the and it's usually not hard. I mean, this isn't rocket science for for us because we do it all the time. But I think there also has to be an expectation that if a if a police officer shows up, whether it be a deputy, a conservation officer, I would hope would recognize what this guy is dressed for as a coon hunter standing here. Sure, he's gonna he's gonna pick that up pretty quick. That this guy's the coon right. hunter. He's seen that before. <laughs> he he should have. Okay, I'm not gonna say he did. He, he should have seen that. He before. should have seen that somewhere, but. Okay, so, but you could be having somebody else respond that's like, ma'am, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, what do you, but... Sure, and, and some of
0: these guys are going to respond, you know, if they respond to this, they may not have any idea what's going on. What? Why is this guy running around out in the dark with a light on his forehead w- with dogs? He, Who would he, do that? He, he may be clueless. Yeah. Um. And, and that's where the victim slash witness in this is going to have to make sure that this guy understands... What's going on? I have a legal reason to be here. I'm doing something that's legal for me to do, and here's what happened. Yeah, uh, that they may simply not understand that they may not understand why you are running around at night with a light on your head. Yeah, um, are, are you out here trying to strip copper off of telephone poles, or what, what? What are you doing? They,
1: they may not understand that. Yeah. So, what are some things that that a coon hunter can do when he sees the police arrive? So, when the police arrive, you know. We've all done it. Um, We've done it on cast. We've done it when we're
0: hunting with our friends and family. Keep the light out of the guy's eyes so he can see what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, Identify yourself and cooperate. Um, Tell him what's going on. Tell him what you're doing and and try to be the best witness that you can be.
1: Yeah. Some things you can do is like he's going to ask for your identification. Absolutely. So instead of, you know, take a step back from the situation, think about these things, have your ID ready. You know, if you took any cell phone stuff, have that, but that's all down the road. One thing that you can do that's going to put the officer at ease very quickly is say, Hey, I am hunting. I do have a firearm. Mm -hmm. It's in the top of my dog box right here. Do you want that firearm or do you want me to leave it there? Sure. Nine times out of 10, my experience is people, police officers will be like, okay, I know where it's at. Stay away from it. Stay away from it. Don't be getting in the top of your dog box. You know, don't be reaching in places and making people nervous. But if you're forthcoming and and you're like, I do have a firearm, I want you to know that. That's going to put put the officer at ease at that point and make you appear to be wanting to be cooperative
0: and, and level headed. I think if yeah. you know, and that, that's tough to ask somebody to do in something like this is to be level headed, not be upset. But I I think you've got to be thinking about that. I that you know, I've I've got to be calm during this so that we can get the result that we want later on. I've got I've got to stay level headed. I I can't uh you know scream and holler and cuss and that kind of stuff is not going to get you very far. Yeah. Um it's understandable to be upset, but
1: Yeah, I I mean if if we pull up to a situation like this and a guy's just calm, cool and collected and st- Leaning back against the truck and acts like he doesn't have a care in the world. That's not what. That's not realistic. No, and no. We don't no expect, one would expect that. Yeah, we don't expect that. That's not what we're saying. You're going to be. It, people are going to be emotional about it, but at the same time, uh, you've got to be able to be communicative and and be reasonable about a few things here. Correct. So, all right. So, let's get into how this case is going to progress Mm -hmm. from an investigative aspect okay how's that going to roll
0: so you know typically what they should do is speak with all parties involved it's going to be the hunter um, anybody that may have been with them and then also um, you know typically the 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 investigations i've heard of um, it's going to be behind a house it's going to be behind a barn there's going to be a residence there so they're probably going to speak with you know, the, the shooter, if they can identify them, as well as um, any other witnesses there at the house um, or, or there at the the property where this happened. Um, you know, it, I guess there's other situations that could happen where, um, you know, we hear about uh, dogs running by a deer stand or something like that. Um, they should talk to everybody involved with it. And then the, the, you know, kind of the second part is they need to gather evidence. And there's evidence that that the hunter's going to have that these guys may not know about, you know, GPS on phones, GPS on your tracking collar, those kind of things. Those can be very important in a situation like this, that that police officer is probably not going to know that you even have. Mm -hmm. So it's important to have those things and be able to provide those things and say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to be able to show you where I turned loose at. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be able to show you where my dog then went. Um, Those are all things that can be very helpful in, in that evidence gathering phase that most people may not think about and and the police officer is likely not going to think
1: about. Yeah. The police officer won't even know that you've got it. As a matter of fact, we used to train, well, you were involved with us several Mm -hmm. times training conservation officer recruits where we would tell them these hunters are carrying tracking equipment and you need to, that's evidence at that point. Right. Um, it's very valuable when you've got a shooter that says, yeah, the dog was in my yard and he was chasing my cat and chasing my chickens, and you pull out a you pull out a Garmin and you show that the dog was 250 yards away from the house and never went in the yard. Sure. That's a key piece of evidence. See, it's a huge piece yes. that, that most people may not think of. Um, and, and being able to provide that
0: to law enforcement so that they can use that in their investigation is important. A, a, a lot of times, um, you know, with it being evidence it it needs to be able to be presented in court you might lose your garment you know mm-hmm. you might have to give that piece of property up but that's important for the police officer to be able to have that mm-hmm. and you know what
1: what it's a small loss to be able to um to move forward with this yeah and we're talking temporary temporary you know from the time that that that's seized as evidence cuz that's what Correct. we call it seizing it uh, as evidence you know long enough e- to, to be taken in and do a forensics dump on it, look at the information, do a printout on it, print some maps, and the next day, you know, you're going to the state police post or the local police department to pick up your garment. But you may end up having to forfeit it for four or five months too. Sure. As, as long as it takes for the case to, to be taken care of. Yep. It, it could be for
0: that amount of time. And it's not that th- these officers want your equipment. It's that it, it's helpful to them in their investigation with the rules of evidence and stuff like that in court. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about beyond a reasonable doubt. It's the mm-hmm. same standard, whether, um, somebody stole a loaf of bread or, or, or they killed a person and that standard is same across the board. Mm-hmm. And, and so the investigation and the things that they do have to meet that standard. Yeah. So sometimes they may have to seize things from you. And it's, 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 it's actually a, it's a, it's a benefit because they're doing what they're supposed to do to try to make sure that this is successfully prosecuted.
1: What do you say to the guys that uh, the officer shows up and because it's a coon dog, automatically the first response from the officer is, this looks like a civil case. So they may think that. The police officer may think. The police officer may think
0: that. <clears throat> uh, and, and it's, it, it's probably because of lack of knowledge or uh, they haven't thought it through. Um, this is property, you know, uh, to, to, to dumb it down the way our law looks at it. That dog is property. Well, how much is your dog worth? Mm-hmm. Now it's going to be different for everybody. Um, I've got one tied out behind the house that ain't worth a whole lot. But if he gets but shot, he's
1: worth—he's he's worth like ten thousand dollars. Well, the dead
0: ones are always worth more, right? Yeah, the, the, and the longer they're
1: dead, the more they're worth. Um, <clears throat> dead are the better man, <laughs> right?
0: Yep. But but they have to understand this—this this property of yours has been taken from you, and mm-hmm. and there's there's laws are different in every state. The state of Indiana actually has a law um, on the books. It's a, it's a felony uh, to kill another person's animal, to mm-hmm. kill another person's dog. Um, not every state is that way. Before we had that law in the books, I think you know one thing we were telling people is this: this is criminal mischief, right? Because your property has been destroyed, mm-hmm. you you can't use your property anymore, and and then for however the dollar amount that that dog was worth, well, then you're you're starting looking at higher and higher misdemeanors, all felonies uh, that way. So yeah, restitution, sure, you know, all and, all sorts of things there, right? And 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 that's what you know. A, a lot of times you have you have to um,
1: make sure that the police officer understands that. Now, um, how can it? But how can a guy that that is standing on the side of the road and the the officer shows up and this is just a common stereotype of policemen that they're lazy and they don't want to take time to do their job and police need to do their job and blah blah blah, but the police officer is there and he's looking at you and he's saying, this is a civil case. What should that person do at that point? Every state's got a, got laws on the books that protects property. Sure. So it's not a civil case. It's not. And and
0: knowing that before is going to be a big help when you, when you can say, no, listen, I've, I've lost property and my dog is worth X amount of dollars. I think you're looking at whatever that statute might be. Mm-hmm. Um, in in Indiana, it's criminal mischief or or uh, shooting a vertebrate animal, right? Um, but that bumps it to level six right now. It does. Yeah, it does. Now, there's, you know, there's exceptions to prosecution and stuff like that, but it's it's a crime. Right. It's, it's it's in the Indiana code, and if you know that, then you can say, "Hey, I understand what you're telling me. It's civil. I've I've, I've lost some property,
1: but but it, it is criminal. Here's the IC code. You know, as easy as it is to do Google searches for stuff, it would be really good. If you're turning a hound loose, whether it be a bear, a lion, a coon, a rabbit, you know, when you're sitting there doing nothing else and you take a couple seconds from scrolling through Facebook and Google what dog shooting laws are for your state. Absolutely. And now, boom, you've got it. And you can even save it to your home screen on your phone. I'm not saying that you – but at least be aware. You know, read it yourself so that you're mentally prepared – if this should happen, so you can direct and you can show it to a police officer and you can look at him and say, look, I've got this saved on my phone and it's a crime. Right. Right. And, and, and this is a crime <laughs> and I would, I would like a report. I would like an investigation. An investigation, not just a report. Not just a report. I, You're going to get a report, but what you need is an investigation. I can tell you some reports I've read. <laughs> they should have never been written down. You know, sure. Dog shot. Ten eight. <laughs> back in service you know i've seen some that uh would make you cringe <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um where were we on that as far as that's part of being prepared um the the criminal side of it the investigation we've talked about that briefly um what can people expect in this investigation Brandon? are we going to see the csi truck roll in you're likely not um
0: you know they're, they're going to do their investigation, which is going to involve speaking with witnesses, also collecting some evidence. That part you can help with. Here's, here's things that I have, digital information that I have, that can be helpful to your investigation. Um, I, I don't think, and I think a lot of times people think that if the police show up, Somebody's going to jail, mm-hmm. and that's not always the way it works. You know, sometimes these investigations—this, like we said before—it's not a one-hour CSI. Um, sometimes these investigations take some time. It's not a bad thing. If someone doesn't get arrested right away, what they're, what they're doing is they're gathering evidence. They're documenting reports. A lot of times in, uh, in some states, uh, the state of Indiana, they've got to submit it to the prosecutor's office first. Mm-hmm. Um, Kentucky takes a lot of things to grand jury. It depends on where you live, on how things are going to go. But don't be surprised if somebody doesn't get arrested right away. But at, at that point, you're still you're still a victim and you're still a witness. Contacting them the next day, the day after, and saying, hey, where are we at with this? What do we need? Um, once the police officer is done with his investigation, he's going to likely forward that somewhere to the prosecutor's mm-hmm. office so that they can review it. And, you know, and checking in with them and seeing where are we at with this, what else do we need, how can I help, that's the the best way to do that.
1: Yeah, and what kind of time frames would we, we be looking at? Because I know Brad, in his, his episode, he talked about the guy that shot his dog, the, the arrest warrants weren't actually issued until, I think it was a month afterwards when the yeah investigation that's was- that's
0: fairly common um you know typically what we see is anywhere from a from the, the the start of an investigation until an investigation is 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 done um warrants are issued and the case is taken care of you're talking a year year and a half mm-hmm. and then with uh, that's with prosecution that's with prosecution yeah. and yeah. then w- with the uh, but the length of the investigation the investigation the time- i think a month is is <coughs> fairly typical Hmm. Um, by the time they get everything put
1: together, get it forwarded off, and it's had a chance to be reviewed. One thing. One thing I would say about it is, this may be the most traumatic thing happening in your life at this time. Sure. If, if you're the person that's experiencing this, um, absolutely could be the most traumatic thing. The biggest deal. It's the it's the biggest deal that you're dealing with. You know, the biggest thing you're dealing with at this point in your life. Right. But I think we also have to be realistic here. And I'm not trying to dismiss the severity of this crime. But at the same point, when you look at this, I asked the CSI question if the van's going to roll in. We're not talking about the scene of a rape or, you know, a child molesting or, you know, those sort of things. So we're still talking about an animal, a hound that was shot. It was a criminal act. So it's... it don't expect to see everything all this a lot of times it's going to be a uniformed officer that is going to do this investigation from beginning to end and there are certain expectations that we need to have because i truly believe that law enforcement if you if we want to be treated like professionals then we need to be professionals sure and do our jobs to the best that we can do and it's easy you know i when i when i retired i was a supervisor and that's what i always told the guys you know we're going to strive for excellence every day. And if this is the case you're working, I want you to work it. You know, I want you to work this case. And, and But but at the same time, we have to be realistic on this thing that um, things take time. And we can't have the expectation that the SWAT team is going to drop out of that black helicopters and, right. and take this guy down at the scene. It's not
0: going to happen. And, and what people have to keep in mind, too, is that's <clears throat> – probably not the only investigation that guy's working at the time right you know he may have uh, especially with a situation like this you're you're more than likely um you're you're talking about at nighttime right mm-hmm. if we're coon hunting we're it's at night and squirrel hunters a little bit different story but if we're coon hunting it's at night and um and, you know, my grandma always said nothing good happens after midnight, right? Um, <laughs> cops get busy after midnight. Yeah. And they may be handling calls for service, um, going to domestics, bar fights, things like that. Well, when he's doing that, he can't be sitting there typing about the hound that got shot over on Waterloo. Yeah. You know, he, he's got, he's taken to these other calls. So it, it may take him some time just to document this. Right. And you have to keep that in mind. It is, most good cops recognize it. If, if something like this happens, this is the most important thing that's happened to you at that that time. Mm-hmm. But they also have to prioritize every other duty that they have. Right. And uh, I, I think it's as simple. A lot of times, um, folks will kind of want to get ticked off or or whatever. It's, it's, it's pretty simple just to pick up the phone. When that guy shows up and he does this investigation, ask him if there's a phone number you can reach him at. Mm-hmm. And then... And you should ask for that before he leaves. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And call and leave him a message. Hey, this is, you know so-and-so and And i I just wanted to talk to you about the investigation and most guys are more than willing to do that yeah return that call
1: and and it's kind of a nice break because there is a police officers believe it or not do have a good work ethic good ones do Mm -hmm. they want they got in this job because they want to serve and enforce the law and they don't mind hearing from the victims and update they want to talk about where they're at on your case with you sure but when you're dealing with i mean every shift starts with a whole new set of problems it's not like you can one of the, a lot of these rural areas i mean they're one cop shops you know they got one or two deputies working mm-hmm. a night and tomorrow night doesn't stop because you had a dog shooting last night tomorrow night you're going to have the domestics you're going to have the all this other stuff mm-hmm. and that we can't push push the whole button but realistically what is the time limit that somebody should have to wait before an officer calls them back to update them on their case when when would you say the red flags start going up that a police officer might not be doing his job or you might be getting brushed off
0: yeah it's a tough question but um, you, you've got to think these guys for one, if it's, if you're coon hunting, he's, he's working at night, mm-hmm. his shifts at night. Um, it, every department's different, you know, that may be eight to six, six to six, something like that, but he's working in the evening. Um, he may have some days off throat in there mm-hmm. and it's not uncommon to have, you know, some of these, uh, the schedules they have set up on these 12 hour shifts, they're off for three days in a row. Yeah. Um, I'd say if you didn't hear something back for a week. I'd start wondering a little bit. Like, that's what I was. That's like, what I was going to say. Yeah. Hey, wh- what's what's going on here? Why yeah. haven't I heard back from somebody? And it's probably a good point in time then to call the main line, the main number, and say, "Hey, I've been trying to get a hold of uh, Chris <laughs> Powell, <laughs> yeah, and he won't right. he won't give me a call back. Could you, could yeah. you see if you know maybe he'd give me a call back? Because yeah. I've been trying for a few oh, really? days. And well, this is, heard anything.
1: this is Sheriff So and So, and I will take care of this. Appreciate or, yeah. that. Yeah. I'm the assistant chief of police here. and I Oh, I'm his supervisor. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the information. I'll make sure that he calls you by the end of the day. Right. And it could be that, you know, um,
0: just because you don't hear for a week, guys take vacation too. They're not robots. Yeah. Uh, you know.
1: Um, Some people have to take time off, you know. Sometimes. Yeah, get they to... get forced to, hey, you got comp time on the books and you need to burn it off before the end of the quarter. And sure. the end of the quarter is next week. So you're taking four days off next week. Right. Boom. Mm-hmm. That's if you don't hear from them, You talk to us. supervisor. It's they very man. well could tell you yeah. that. You know. All right, let's talk about uh, I want to talk about being a good witness. I think that was key. I think that's a great point, and it bears some conversation. So, tell pe- I'd like for you to talk about what it takes for a person to be a good witness. Well, first you have to uh, you have to convey your
0: thoughts. You know, um, it, it, in a situation like this, you're you're going to be upset, be, but be reasonable um and, and and try to describe what was what was happening and what happened to the best of your ability mm-hmm. um you know i most of the time guys are going to be sitting around i'm guilty of it too you're you're staring at your garment you don't listen much anymore right? You're, right you should be but you're not you're staring at that thing you you know what that dog did you turn him loose down over here at the end of this field row and and he went down this holler and up this creek and you were watching all that Th- th- that's all good stuff to be able to tell these guys because they're not going to have a clue how how did you over here where you had permission, how did your dog end up three-quarters of a mile over here? They right. don't understand it. Mm-hmm. But when you can tell them, hey, I I did what I was supposed to do, and I turned this dog loose here, and-, and then he went over here and over there, and I seen him get in back behind this house, and next thing I know, I heard a shot. Mm-hmm. Um documenting that kind of stuff and, and and people a lot of times in stressful situations it's hard to tell that in a linear fashion right um but if you text your wife or you text your best friend something just happened there there was there were shots fired behind this house mm-hmm. and, and you're on the phone with nine one one, and your wife saying where are you at and those kind of things can be helpful well, you're
1: developing can, a timeline w- now.
0: when did this happen right Well, 10.37, I sent my wife a text message and say, I don't know what's going on, but Mm. there was just a shot behind this house and the dog hushed. Uh, Those kind of things can be Mm. super important. Not confronting these folks, I'd say, would would probably be another. You know, if if your dog runs over here and it gets treed behind a house and gets shot, it's a horrible thing, and the first thing you want to do is jump in the truck and drive down there. Not a good idea. Um, All you're doing then is causing more confrontation and, and, and possibly issues for yourself, trespassing, that kind of stuff. You, you don't want to do that kind of stuff. What you want to do is get on the phone, call 911. When the police officers respond, tell the story the best the way you can.
1: Dakota 283 offers you unparalleled protection for your hounds. We're talking about military-grade kennel crates. Uh, I got got one of these two-door kennel crates here at the house. It is super heavy-duty. It's got slap latches on it that are stainless steel. Easily fits in the back of an SUV or if you're traveling with a camper shell, it's a great way to keep your dog protected while you are traveling. You just got to check out their Dash series. This is a watering system, and I've used a lot of these portable waterers over the years. But this system is all integrated into one unit and the way it's designed out of high impact plastic the water stays in the tank when you're not using it because you can put a plug in it check them out Uh, the 3.5 is also compact enough that i can store it behind the seat of my pickup truck while i'm out hunting when it's super cold i've had exterior tanks before and as soon as i go to cold climates then i've got to figure out how i'm going to get water to my hounds and The dash takes care of that. So check out Dakota 283 at Dakota283.com and at checkout, enter the code HXP10 and get 10% off of your order. Houndsman XP is very proud of our partnership with the organization Freedom Hunters. Freedom Hunters is a nonprofit organization that takes America's veterans hunting from field to field from the battlefield to a field near you when you volunteer your time to take America's warriors hunting with you and your hounds it's easy go to houndsmanxp.com, click on the partnership tab and it will take you to freedom hunters you can go direct to their website to make donations at freedomhunters.org support America's heroes let's pay it back visit Freedom hunters at freedomhunters dot org or go to houndsmanxp dot com and you can find them on our website from field to field A lot of times we're trying to we're probably are may already be in the truck, you know, headed that direction uh, before that reasonableness kicks in, and sure. now we find ourselves out on the road screaming at the landowner that's standing on his porch or we pull in their driveway say hey my dog came down here I heard a shot and then I I can recall a case where that happened and the landowner was very indignant about the whole thing he's like yeah I just shot that dog and he's back here back there then I mean then it starts getting crazy sure you know it, it starts getting wild and and as much as you know, I have opinions about hillbilly justice and how good how good society can be with hillbilly justice. Brad did a great job last week telling his story about how he did not resort to that and how his case was successful. Sure. Um and everybody's everybody is a hero on Facebook, you know, keyboard warriors. <clears throat> oh, keyboard warriors and by God, I'd burn his house down, and by God, I'd tie him to a tree and I'd hang him from it. Blah, 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 blah. You know, you see dumb comments like that, and I still say that there's way too much science. It's people aren't default aggressive like that. It just right. that's bad advice that somebody who has never experienced that is trying to give you. Uh, it sounds good and it sounds cool on Facebook. But if you really want justice, that is not the answer. It is not because you're going to go to jail, likely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one
0: one thing I think that that, and I kind of caution this a little bit because we see it all the time. Pe- people using their cell phones to document things. This is a situation where if if you do if if you're uh, if you end up in that driveway and, and, and things are being said, um, everybody's got a camera in their pocket. Everybody. Um, from what? from 80 years old down to eight, everybody's got one. And documenting those things can
1: be super important in a situation like this. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, you, can, you can do it. But be on point, too, because we've seen police officers get in this trick bag where they're the ones being videotaped, you know, you may be being videotaped by the guy's 10-year-old kid. And not even know it. And not even know it, because you've got that tunnel vision. When when you get in that stressful situation, you get tunnel vision, your sensory is your all shut down, and you're focused on what your problem is at the time. And the whole time, his 10-year-old daughter is over here videotaping you, and you're being unreasonable and, and – that's all video documentation at that time and boom it doesn't go good for you and I, I think that's uh we can say what
0: what we said about uh you know this don't shoot my dog what to do if something happens thing that we made 10 12 years ago but number 1 stay calm you 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 have to it's a, it's a tough situation it's easier said than done i can do it sitting here at this table let's run through easy, the whole list um i forget where we left off at let's but, let's um, just start
1: at the top and we'll just we talked about stay calm yep staying calm having permission where you're hunting at that's huge um emergency contact numbers and and when we say having permission where we're hunting at you know you need to be able to document that that you turned loose your hound loose and your hunt you 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 began your hunt in a place where and then things beyond your control took you to this other situation you had a legal reason to be where you were. Yeah, and that yeah. Le- that legal action was you were hunting. Yes. Um.
0: I I, I hate to say it, it's something that, that people say, but it's true. Dogs dogs can't trespass. Exactly. A, a dog is not a human being. It right. doesn't know where it's going. I think sometimes people use that as an excuse. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, so I kind of don't like that as much, but a dog can't trespass. So your dog crossing that property
1: line, he didn't have any idea. Uh, we see we see the anti-hunting crowd all the time and the people that want to stop hound hunting talk about you shouldn't allow your dogs to trespass. A dog cannot trespass. <laughs> Period. It, it, trespassing is a crime for people, not animals. Yeah, I think in any innocent code it says a person who.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, which most statutes in Indiana start with a person who. Right. Uh, right. And, uh, that's not a that's not a dog. Yeah. Um, you know, your, your emergency contact numbers, Nine one one is your best route. Um, call 911 That's going to get you the closest officer there, the quickest that they can. A situation like this can be volatile. You need, you need a guy there and you need him fast. Yep. Um, we talked about a, a disposable camera dedicated to this incident. We've I, I, got a cell phone. We've got a cell phone, and <laughs> I don't. I don't think uh, having a disposable
1: camera. I don't. Can you find them anymore? I don't even think so. I, you They were can. all thirty-five millimeter. Yeah, you and can't even find thirty. I don't even know where you can get it developed. I don't either. Walmart, maybe. Yeah, that's obsolete.
0: Uh, a notepad in your vehicle or something to write with, and taking note of the time, location, shooter's name. I, th- I think a lot of that anymore. I, I know I do it. Uh, you can take notes right there on your cell phone. Mm-hmm. Um, just document these things. You know? But if
1: I take notes on my cell phone and I take pictures and video on my cell phone, do I have to surrender my cell phone? You might have to. Okay. And so I, keep I, a notepad.
0: Yeah, keep a notepad. <laughs> yeah. Go old school. Go old school. Keep you a notepad. That way you can take note, and you the, can just the time put it, that these things happen.
1: Just put it in the glove box of your truck and have it dedicated. I mean, and and notes can be taken on a mcdonald's napkin sure they can so you at least back need to McDonald's have a mcdonald's bag of, yeah uh but it'd be nice if you had a notepad just a small pocket notepad and a pen in the in the truck sure
0: and if nothing else scratch them out on the back of your uh you know where it tells you how much oil your silver auto holds just, right. just scratch it. there's always some spaces for some notes in there scratch yeah. it out on there yeah but these things are important um another thing you're gonna want to know and this happens all the time i've seen it You need to know who that police officer was that showed up. Mm -hmm. And asking him his name is pretty simple. You may ask him where he works for, too. Um, I I would get calls at the post all the time. Hey, I just got stopped by a trooper. Okay, what was he wearing? Uh, Well, he had on brown pants and a brown shirt. Okay, well, where were you? Because that that was the sheriff's department. Right. You know, people may not understand that. That's exactly right. Different uniforms for for each, but uh, knowing who it was that responded. So you know who to follow up with, you know who to talk to later. Um phone turns sideways on me there. Um, so getting that officer's name and then making note of the surroundings where your dog was shot. You know, you you said something before about he was chasing my chickens, he was chasing my cows. Mm-hmm. Are there chickens there? Are there cows there? What can you see from where you're at? It it's a whole lot better if you got a legal reason for where you're at. But you can legally be out there on that road. hmm Is there a chicken coop behind the house? You know? It, is there cattle out in that field? Now most of us know our dogs aren't going to chase those kind of things, but if they are, that's one of those exceptions. Our dogs aren't allowed to go onto somebody else's property and do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So you need to make note of that because a lot of times that are, like you said, these folks are going to realize I've done something that I shouldn't have done. Yeah. So what Uh-oh. are the, what, what what do what are people's reactions a lot of times when they do something they know they shouldn't have done? Right. Lie about it. Yeah. Um, and and to to, uh, think that these folks that would do something like this are going to be honest with the police when they show up. I would say the percentage is going to be fairly low. Right. Um, make locate uh note of your location at the time of the shooting and whether or not you were in line of fire, any danger um, people can't, you know, uh, we, we live in America. I love the second amendment. Got, I'm not going to tell you if you've got any guns at my house or not. Right. right. Uh, Cause this is going to go out across the nation, but you don't have a right just to shoot your gun wherever you want. And a lot of times, you know, folks will say, well, I, I shot up in the air to scare them. Well, you, where'd your bullet go? Exactly. You know, and, and people don't think about that. But th- those are things that you need to be thinking about while you're there waiting for that police officer to show up. What yeah, kind of and it's easy
1: happen? to do. I mean, you hear a gunshot go off, just drop a pin on your Garmin right there, boom, That right where you're at. Here's my location. You know, a lot of times you can... Do it after the fact by looking at your tracks and stuff, and, and saying, okay, I remember here was the truck. I marked the truck. I walked up here. Here's my track going up here. This is where I was standing up in this on this ridge when I heard the shot. So I'm gonna drop a pin right there, and then I walk back to the truck. Sure.
0: And and it's as easy as doing it on your Garmin, pulling up the the uh, map application on your phone,
1: any of that kind of stuff. But it's super important. Drop a pin. And the reason the reason we put that in there was because if you were if you were directly in the line of fire or even indirectly in the line of fire, that's another criminal act. That, Absolutely. That's criminal recklessness again, you know. Right. That turns into recklessness. Right. And so that's important information for for a police officer.
0: Absolutely. Those those are things they're gonna to want to know. Yep. Um we, we we said that a GPS location is valuable and make sure that you have permission to enter the property to acquire the GPS location. So if if your dog is behind this house and you have permission to be there, sure. If it's safe, grab that GPS location, but it's right there on the collar. That's all information that's going to be there. And, and and I know a few of these have been successfully prosecuted just due to the fact that we tell the police officer, hey, I've got this collar on this dog, and here's where the when the shot happened. And then I seen that collar here it is it moved into this house mhm Th- those are you know those are all things that this guy isn't going to know but if you explain to him what happened then then he can use that whether that's uh in the investigation getting a search warrant for the for your property cuz that collar you belongs to you that's yours you know it's theft if that's taken just all those things that a, that a guy who is in this situation is probably not going to be thinking of, but if you can think of it beforehand, and that's what we kind of left us off with, was have a plan and know what the IC codes are or the, the, the criminal codes that are, that are applicable to your situation and having an idea of how this is going to happen and, and what kind of information could be valuable to the police officer that responds. So,
1: so here's, here's a piece of advice that I've told people that went through this or I've told other people that have asked me about it. The reason we put stay calm, number one, is because it's key for you. If you do find yourself in that driveway and you're acting unreasonable and threatening this guy, he's not going to allow you to have access. But if you are like, man, you know, if you can push that down, it's going to take everything you've got, every ounce you've got. But if you can push that anger down and say, can I just go to my dog? Can I just go to my dog right now? Yeah, get back there and get your dog. I don't want him on this property. There is your opportunity. Now you've got permission. You can walk in there. You've got your phone with you. You can take photographs. You can see positions, all that stuff. You don't have to – don't carry that dog out. Leave it there. You know, mm-hmm. leave it there. But that gives you an opportunity, and now you can document whether he was close to the – you know, was he was he standing on the side of a tree? Can, is there a raccoon in the tree above him, you sure. know? That's a good time. Go in there and shine the tree quick. See if you can see a raccoon. Document that through a raccoon above him. Because if he's treating a raccoon, he's not killing chickens. Right. You know, he wasn't on your porch. So it's a golden opportunity. If you can stay calm, if you can press that emotion down and walk in there, and that's your opportunity. It's such a great strategy to have in your back pocket if you can do it. If you can, if you can keep your emotions
0: in check and, and, and make contact with somebody after that, um, sure.
1: Walk out. Did you bring your dog? No, I'm not going to bring my dog. I'm going to leave right now because I'm, and you can tell him whatever you want. I'm too upset at this time. I'll be back. Go down the road and wait for the police to show up. Mm -hmm. It's like the old bull, young bull sitting on a hill, (laughs) you know, the old bull, the young bull says, dad, let's run down there and breed one of those cows. And the old bull says, no, son, let's walk down and breed them all, you know? Right, and that's the old bull is backing out of the situation and thinking, okay, now I'm going to bring the police back. I've got more information. I can tell them where it's at. We can go in there. I didn't mean to sidetrack us there. I just thought. No, that-,
0: that was that was everything on our on our little list. Okay, was 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 that
1: plain simple to the point? Yep. Was uh, was those items right there? Well, um, what are we missing? What else do we need to tell people? Uh, you know,
0: w- w- one thing I was thinking about after after you gave me a call the other day, and I was thinking about this another evidence piece here you know <clears throat> likely if if one of our dogs gets shot it it's 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 probably deceased it's it's not it's not going to make it yeah you want to take that thing home you want to bury it put a rock over it or stick the little cross up or whatever it is you do for your dogs think about a necropsy because and and, and think about you know talk to your vet is this something that you would be willing to do if you can you know, depending on what this dog's shot with, there's other items of evidence. Think, you know, you, you've watched CSI. You've seen we're going to match the gun to the, okay, well, let, let's think about that. You know, if, if if your dog is shot and that bullet is still inside the dog, can we collect that? Can we match that up to, to, to an, a firearm that this person has? Because, like I said, at the end of the day, what with with a criminal um, a criminal prosecution,
1: what you got to think of is beyond a reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm and and how do we get there? That's a tough burden. And we've seen all kinds of stuff in investigations. You know, as far as you know, I've had had people bring an old dilapidated firearm out of the house and say this is what I committed the crime with when really it was another handgun or another mm-hmm. rifle that was more valuable in there because they wanted to be dishonest and give that up, sure. So, yeah, and and the parts that are real are things like you know, um Looking at the angle that the 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 dog was shot at, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm 50 yards away and I shoot at something, it's going to definitely be a different angle than if I'm standing two or three feet away looking down on a dog. Right. The angle, the the entry wound, is, and that's all stuff that can be measured, and all that sort of stuff. Sure, and and
0: and and I think it's just like with anything else. In today's day and age, we're we're all walking around with cameras that are better than the disposable th- they're better than disposable <laughs> they're better than the cameras we ran around with and and documented things with oh 10 I, years had a pentax,
1: ago. I had a pentax k what was it k1000 k yeah <laughs> right. k1000 35 millimeter camera and this camera on my phone's a lot better yeah
0: and and so taking <clears throat> pictures of all that documenting that stuff as well as you can is is how you get to where you want to be at at the end of the day i think
1: yeah yeah and and if you can i mean if you if you can make sure that if you're standing there at your dog, you measure the distance from there to the house, from there to the road, from there to you know, you can measure distance on all those things. It's it's all possible. Sure, and a lot of that's gonna show up on your GPS as well. Mm-hmm. Especially now with the with the
0: aerial maps and all that, Google Earth. Um you, you can measure a lot of that stuff sitting behind your computer at the house if you got GPS pins dropped.
1: Yeah. Yeah well i think it all it all boils down to stay calm we we um and just understanding the system you know it's it's not gonna be solved in an hour it may not be it may be a month before the- co- case is complete written up bow on it approved prosecutors got it files charged you know uh charges filed in the the whole nine yards so. right and and i and i think
0: not think i know that that the majority of the police officers understand that they understand people's frustrations because when, when somebody calls the police, whether it's for this or anything else, it's probably unless they need a VIN checked on their car, right? Like it's probably the most important thing that's People happened to People can get them pretty irate about that. They too. sure can. Yeah. Um, but you know, this is the most important thing they have going on right now, but they've got to understand that that's one guy doing a job that, that there's so much else going on and to, to, Dial yourself back just a little bit. Be a little bit understanding and, and know this is going to take some time. Um, but, you know, you, you can have it done well or you can have it done fast a lot of times. Yeah. And which one do you want? Well, I'll, I'll have it done well, please and right. thank you. Yeah. Um, and and being understandable to that and, and sympathetic, too. This guy has got a whole bunch of other things going on, and I appreciate that he's spending a little bit of time to help me with my with my issue.
1: Yeah, I mean, appreciate, but – you also have to recognize that there's a duty for them to do that. So, you know, being retired, I look back at that and I think, think that a lot. And, yeah, I'm a former law enforcement. I always want to explain why police officers do what they do. Sure. But they also have a, a duty to do that. But the thing that I would tell our listeners is think about this. You know, we talked about this being the most important thing that's going on in your life right now. Well, during that twelve hour shift, that officer probably encountered ten to fifteen other people that night that had the biggest things going on in their life that they've ever you know, at right. the time too. Right. And and the next day you're gonna meet ten to fifteen more people and it just keeps rolling and snowballing on itself and it's it's it the system is can work and it does work, but we have to have real expectations of of how long that's gonna take, time frames and but also be willing to hold people accountable, not sit back and take the answer that, well, they said it was going to be a civil case or, you know, uh, I couldn't get a copy of the report or what else, or, you know, whatever. Right. They need to
0: make sure that these folks are doing their job mm-hmm. and they work for, they work for you. Yeah. If you're, if you're a taxpayer, they work for you. Right. And, and to make sure that they're doing the job that they're supposed to do, I don't think anybody, uh, any officer with assault is going to be upset if you you call to get an update on an investigation or want to know where things are at because that's that's at the end of the day that's why they're doing it and that's to help you
1: yeah and honestly i mean a young officer standing out there he may not know that what he's dealing with is actually a felony you know in the state of indiana it's a felony it is he may not realize that it's even a crime you know he may not he may just be like "Man, i've never done this before
0: yeah, he probably doesn't have an idea of what you're
1: doing. Yeah, the,
0: Why what are you you're at, even doing? Yeah. So let alone to, to, to have anymore. thought through what, what this is the, a 21st the century.
1: You know, sure, we're living in the 21st century now. Only five percent of of the United States even hunts anymore. You know, so it it's something they probably heard or they you know they saw the movie Red Fern Grows. Maybe I doubt it, but sure. they may have uh but uh yeah around here they read the book in
0: fifth grade but it's they, they don't understand that it's not a guy or a young boy running through the woods whooping at his dogs right. at uh <laughs> at, at nine o'clock at night you know right. they don't understand all the
1: technology and yeah. all the things behind it yeah well brent what else we got covered before we wrap it up here i think that's about it man i think that was good information i think we gave people a lot of stuff to to think about and um I can't stress enough of of running this through your head and doing a few things to be prepared. You know, know what your state laws are, know who you should be calling. And this this is applicable to all sorts of things, but especially in this situation. If you already know, you know, your local conservation officer, if you know who your sheriff is, if you if if you're familiar with your community and make yourself familiar to them, educating your landowners and you know all that sort of stuff you can avoid a lot of problems absolutely you know just by being prepared knowing before you go Yep, knowing what you're going to do and having a plan in case something does happen man you always come out on top when you've got a got a plan and and that plan will never work out exactly like you you imagine it will a plan goes to uh goes to shit after first contact right yeah always Always. So you gotta have an alternate plan. But being being mentally prepared will help you get through that chaos. Yes, it will, for sure. Yep. yep. Well, Brent, I appreciate it, man. Appreciate Thanks you for your time. Me. Well, you don't have do you even have a coon? Oh, yo, you've got, a, you've I got do. a coon now. Yeah. All
0: right. He uh well, this l- is applicable then. Likes to play out in the yard with the kids and <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Well he's a yard ornament, but we like him. good. Good deal. All right, well, until next time, buddy, you follow your hands, and I'll follow mine.